Shoecast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Monaval and Sydney's Northern Beaches, one of Australia's best craft brewers, be sure to check out the guys online or why not visit the brewery. Thank you to Modus for your support of the show. Well, we're through round 14 in the Shoot Shield, another very interesting round. In the top four, three of our sides went down, which makes her uh, an interesting ladder and certainly lots to talk about as we head into the back half of the season. It's certainly still anyone's competition, which is making this year so great. Uh, joining me on the podcast tonight, as always, Andrew Swain from Stan Sport and Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. Shootcast, our round 14 review. Joining me as always, Andrew Swain from Stan Sport. How are you, Swainy? I'm very well, Burjo. How are you? Pretty good. Um, well, look, it was a tough old day on Saturday night. Uh, certainly no dancing in the lounge room uh, after the Wallabies' performance. Um, but look, I'm hanging in. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing to dance about that, that night. Um, mm. But uh, hopefully. Come the decider in Sydney in a few days' time, we will be dancing for a very long time to come. I hope so. I hope so. Casho is also on the line. Mark Cashman, how are you, mate? Yeah, just uh, just recovering from Legends Day at North Sydney Oval. Uh, went uh, went reasonably well off the field, but uh, Gordon got up and uh, captured that dash to Mortlock trophy. So good, mm. good luck to them. And it just says something about the way this shoot shield competition is maturing, it's evolving. I think there was only one side in the top five that actually had a win. So, uh, listen, it's uh, it's up for everyone, isn't it? Certainly is, certainly is. We'll get to that because it was a cracking game and uh, plenty of other very interesting results around the traps. Before we do, why don't we just have a quick chat about the Wallabies? Uh, certainly that first half, Swaney, they um, they showed something they didn't show in the in the first uh, in the first test. And sort of reminded maybe uh, more optimistic Wallabies fans like myself why they've been uh, so dominant over Australia over the past few years. It was uh, it was pretty impressive stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, look, physicality number mm. one, um, just a bit of clinical execution at you know set piece time and what have you. I, I don't think we really dominated in the scrum at all. They kind of had the wood on us. Uh, yeah. It was you know it was quite a. Um, what a dominant performance. I thought Owen Farrell was just brilliant in the way that um, – and, and Marcus Smith as well to a certain extent on how they varied their, their kicking game. You know, there was – Yeah. Um, they, if they were in the 22, they'd just kick it out, like get it, get rid of it. They'd cleared really well, um, mm. whereas the Wallabies tried, you know, a little hard to run it out of their 22 a few times and it just uh, – you know, they just kept running into a brick, brick wall. So – Mm. Yeah, I think it's sort of back to the drawing board. And plus, the, the Wallabies now resemble an episode of MASH. Like, it's a bloody uh, hospital ward Shocker. down there at um, Royal Pines. So, mm. uh, yeah, things will be tough this week. But I reckon we, you know, we're, we're showing some pretty good depth at the moment, the Wallabies. Um, and I think they're going to have to really reach into that depth this weekend. Yeah. Do, you, do you reckon that we're being uh, a bit too... Uh, hysterical about the cards and all the issues that uh, are connected with that was happening on both sides of the Tasman, really, though, wasn't it? Yeah. It's a funny one, Casho, because I find it to be really, um, 
like I, I, I do find the intercept, the deliberate knockdown law that they've kind of uh, really been enforcing quite hard to, to – like there's no real um, discretion about it. It's black and white and it's a very mm. grey area of the game. The way that they referee it at the moment, it's black and white. And so that that does annoy me because, you know, for both Izzy Parisi and even Marcus Smith, they probably were a chance of intercepting. You know, all it takes is the ball to stick in their hand and they're away, you know. Um, it just doesn't make sense for one to be potentially a try at the other end and then ascending off at the other. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't the, make the, sense. The one that really didn't make sense <clears> for me was because Johnny Hill did it in the first 10 minutes of the game, yep. 20 minutes of the game, yep. and it was a scrum. Mm. You know, so there's mm. just no consistency to it. No, um, there's not. It's got a. I talked to a few people about it. It happened in the shoot shoot on the weekend too. Jack McGregor got a um, yeah. penalty try and yellow card. I sort of saw the signs in that one. I don't agree that it should be, you know, send-off material, but it's got to be some sort of a – do you just go to penalty only? I don't know. Um, the last thing we want is more scrums, so I can understand that. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 a really silly uh, law uh, that's coming under a lot of scrutiny at the moment. And certainly Adam Reynolds, the South Sydney um, Rabbitohs uh, player, was – Tweeting, which is good to see him tweeting. Obviously, he's watching the rugby because maybe, you know, a bit of the stand nine coverage is, is opening up to sort of that league audience. And, you know, he was just rolling his eyes, the fact that somebody could be carded for an intercept. Um, mm. So, and I think that's Australian rugby and rugby in Australia struggle, you know, because we're a lot of the general public is looking at it through league eyes. And, um, you know, now we've got New Zealand, the Wallabies and England openly questioning some of the laws. So hopefully World Rugby um, can make some changes. The other one is is TM, TMO. Like I'm all for um, the TMO if the ref makes a referral to ask to check on something. But TMO can't, you know, pull up things. Maybe the ref has seen, we used to have a siding commissioner and they no longer part of the game. But you can't just sit there and go back through plays and plays looking for indiscretions, can you, Casho? No, no, it just uh, it just interrupts the flow of the game. And, you know, one of the things that uh, Adam Reynolds was talking about in that tweet was the actual, uh, you know, the ball in play, the number of minutes that it's in play. I think we've really got to have some, yep. have some law adjustments to make sure that there is uh, the ball in play a lot more and then the fatigue comes into it, the spaces are going to open, we, we're going to have more scores, got to have a better game, to be perfectly honest. And I think they've, uh, they've just got to let things flow. You know, sometimes, yeah. sometimes over managing things. You, you, you know, like when you when you've got a big department boss who uh, who tries to uh, manage the, uh, the 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 crap out of a department, it just doesn't work. Exactly, mm. micromanages. Yeah, well, it's, it's an interesting game. Obviously, in the end, England ran out, you know, with a good lead up nineteen nil. Wallabies did rally and rallied well. Um, the last twenty minutes from the Wallabies was terrible. I mean, there was just. Mistake after mistake. Uh, James O'Connor had a really poor cameo by his standards. Maybe put that down to a bit of rust. Um, you know, it's we. You know, we weren't throwing the line out properly again. Uh, it was just a whole bunch of problems. But you know, it's going to be interesting to see what team uh, Rennie picks this week, Swaney, because he's got plenty in the injury wood. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, you know, the likes of uh, Reese Hodge have been called back into the squad. You think he probably gets a go? 
Yeah. Um, you know, is, is this the time that you got to unleash Suliasi Vinavalu? I mean, we're, we're yeah. lot on wingers. It's him or Mark Nawanganita Wasi. Well, they could move um, Tom Wright to fullback, I guess, but they might want to go with Hodge. I'm not sure. But yeah. I thought, yeah. Wright, I thought Wright was a bright spark um, on, on the night. It's, uh, it's I was talking to some people after the game and, Tom Wright, he's a prodigious talent, isn't he? But yeah. do you just get sometimes really nervous when he's around the ball? Yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't have that typical rugby back three nows for sure. But nah. um, he's got something. Uh, I think. I think. Yeah, maybe Hodgie comes in this week. We'll it, see. It's, it's interesting you're talking about Tom Wright. I thought he was one of the real, uh, you know, little little flickers of light that uh, yeah. actually came out of it. Some some beautiful stuff running it from uh, from in deep and and kicking quite intelligently. So league background at the Sea Eagles. We we were we were trawling around, scratching our heads on Sunday, thinking of uh, you know all these guys that we'd mm. out, we'd lined up. He's a per, easy Parisi, and yep. we ended up talking to uh, uh, Tommy Wright uh, during today, and he's come up with a great story for the match program uh, over the weekend. So interesting uh, sort of background there. Big uh, a big uh, background at Joey's and uh, in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, and then uh, off to the Seagulls uh, after being recruited by Bozo. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. then he's then, then he's back in rugby and hopefully a rugby World Cup in France. Yeah, no, he's going really well. Be interested to see if they give Harry Wilson an opportunity too, Swaney. Yeah, well, I mean, Harry is the guy who's kind of the forgotten man at the moment. Four test yeah. matches to his name. We, he, he shows so much. Um, you know, work rate and he's got just such a huge engine mm. uh, and I feel like he's shown the improvements that they've asked of him through mm. the Super Rugby season but yet yeah, doesn't get a go. Um, you know, he is behind, you know, uh, Rob Valentini who's playing so well. He had another stormer of a game on, on the weekend. Yeah. Rob Liotta who potentially might even move into the second row to this weekend. Like yeah. There's an option there as well. Mm. Um, and that might open the door for for Harry, but I hope Harry gets a go because he's he is such a talented bloke, um, and you know having him holding hit shields the whole time, I think is a bit of a waste. Um, mm. Yeah, but and one of the other bright sparks, guys, just from the weekend as well. How good was it to see a bit of pregame entertainment at a Wallabies Test match? Um, the the way that they celebrated Nighthawk Week with the Indigenous jerseys and having the Mitch Tambo performance. It was awesome, and it made the atmosphere so much better. So that yeah. was good to see. No, it was great. A lot of people um, always on Twitter talking about making the Indigenous jersey permanent for the Wallabies. Why don't we just sublimate the Indigenous design into the gold? You know, the All Blacks, I yeah. think, used to do that with the Maori um, tribal sort of... Um, to... that's, uh, that's a Drew Mitchell idea, actually. Well, he's, uh, it's he's easy, been... just... Just yeah. sublimate it. So it's sort of subtle when you when you zoom up on a player, you can see it there. So it's always there. And of course, um, Nidak Week or, or any of the other Indigenous occasions, we wear the, the Indigenous jersey. But I think just to have it all the time would, would be great. I think that's Love the a big part of um, Rennie's culture drive, which is which has been awesome. So let's just hope the Wallabies can get it done. I'm a little bit spooked after England's physicality. I've got to say, they absolutely. Oh, they were awesome in that first 30 minutes of the tests uh, on the weekend. Showed why they are where they've been in world rugby. And um, I, I think it just sets it up beautifully. And I'm hearing, Swaney, it's a sold-out SFS. How good's that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's sold out. Uh, so there's going to be a full house. Um, I, I think that Paddington 
prior to the to the game will be absolutely jammed. All the pubs, pumping. Yep. Um, it's going to be you know hark back to those old days uh, of. It's the first test of the SCG since 1986, I think, is my right in saying that, Casho? Yeah, you are. I think it's um, – I've actually got some stats here in front of me, and I think it's uh, 13,150 days on Saturday since the last test, which was against Argentina, uh, and we won 26-0. Campo uh, scored a couple of tries from fullback that day. So, uh, yeah, that was just on the eve of uh, – Heading over to New Zealand for the uh, the famous Bledisloe Cup Series win over uh, the All Blacks in New Zealand. So uh, mm. yeah, it's uh, yeah, there's a lot of history for the occasion. Yeah, no, it's going to be terrific. I think um, it seems like uh, there's a bit of groundswell around rugby at the moment. I mean, to sell out the three tests um, is terrific, and uh, long may it continue. Hey, I think we're we're in for a good decade for uh, international rugby. Certainly, hopefully that transpires to. All levels of the game. We'll crack on because um, we had another fascinating uh, round of Shoot Shield, round 14. Um, out of the top four, three sides went down, which is very interesting and sort of typical of this competition this year. We might start at North Sydney Oval um, for the Baxter Motlock Cup, where uh, Casho Northies have gone down to Gordon 25 22. Uh, very evenly poised match. It could have ended in a draw a couple of times there, uh, but Gordon stuck home with the chocolates. Talk, talk me through the afternoon, mate. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it, it was a game where, that sort of like went with the flow a bit. Uh, Gordon were very good early, and they scored a nice try to uh, Will uh, Will Terry. And uh, yeah, Norse managed to, uh, and, and then Gordon sort of pushed out to a uh, to a. Um, a 12-3 lead at one one particular time. But Norse, as they've been able to do at different times during the year, hit back just before the break and managed to pull things up uh, nice and uh, handy to the the visitors' uh, 12-10 at at the break. And then that that yellow card for that uh, attempted intercept from uh, from Jack McGregor uh, uh, raised its head and uh, Norse went ahead uh, 17 12 and then and then shortly after that Gary Bouts who was probably one of Norse better players on the afternoon scored a uh, a nice try to push things out at 22 12 and you'd think mm. playing at home and uh probably being probably being the you know the more hardened side Norse probably should have gone on with it but uh yeah uh, it says something about the way Gordon are playing at the moment Mahi Vailano uh uh it was going along sort of like uh, very well and uh and then uh, they uh, they managed to uh, uh, get it get, get a try on the board under the post through uh, through Violano to uh, to um, even it up at twenty uh, two all. And then at the end there, Jack McGregor came on to uh, just uh, appease for that yellow card and kicked the forty five meter uh, penalty goal. And uh, from there, North uh, North just could could not reel them in. They they had a chance through Nathan Russell off the yeah. team. At one particular stage late, but uh, he, he had a pretty off day uh, with with the boot there, and uh, Gordon probably deserved to win twenty five twelve. Picked up that Baxter Mortlock Cup, and uh, first time it's been up at Chatswell for for a number of years now. Mm, yeah, ended twenty five twenty two. Geez, um, McGregor didn't flinch when he had to kick that penalty, Swaney. Oh, he absolutely smashed it, didn't nailed he? It. he? Nailed it. He absolutely nailed it, and it was. Like it was, it was going through the whole way. Um, he he gave it some, and he had to give it some. There was probably a bit of a 
bit of a breeze to contend with, I would have thought, as well, at North Sydney Oval, as there gen- generally is. And But, um, yeah, look, all the work was done up front, wasn't it, Casho? Uh, like the Gordon Pack, they're, they're tight five. Guys like Tristan Foley and Ola Tawalangi, um, Brendan Mitchell, like they were all just, uh, you know, their work rate was through the roof. Um, mm. And then, you know, it allowed the likes of Harry Emery and McDonald and Abel to, to kind of get that, get that front football. So um, good to see Gordon. They've really turned a corner, haven't they? They're storming home. Um, Mate, they're, uh, for me, I, I reckon they're as close to the form team in the comp as anyone. It's four on the bounce. They've yeah. got quality players delivering. Mahi Valano's a cut above club footy. Um, you know, the bringing Jack McGregor back's a touch of quality at the back. McDonald's setting in nicely with Emery. Polar's running amok. Abel's going really well at 12. I'm hearing they've got the Goddard boys to come back into the side. Um, yeah, right. That's, that's so handy. So if you, if you go quality-wise, uh, Gordon right now are poised very nicely as we head into the back end of the season. Um, I'm very impressed and good on uh, Billy Amaros for turning things around because he had some pretty tough weeks there for about five or six weeks and – yeah, couldn't get a win, and and you know I remember having a beer with him at the Manly game. And I said, "There's just nothing in this comp. I'm sure it'll turn at some point." And finally has for them, which is great. So um, you know um, they're right in the mix. And no, look, Norse weren't far away. And as you said, Casho um, probably should have iced it, but um, yeah, I, I, there wasn't much in in it between those two sides. Probably just uh, underlines some of the nuances that Billy actually brought to their running lines that I, that I thought were very effective, particularly in the forwards, yep. you know, the, the running yep. running along seams and doing sort of bits and pieces like that. And it uh, it got uh, it got a couple of those Norse players uh, a bit army in the tackles and that's that's why they made ground yep. and, uh, yeah, Norse, Norse had to scramble a bit. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they did move the ball nicely at the point. Yeah, they did move the ball nicely at that point of contact. I did notice that myself. So very good uh, for the Stags. We'll move on. Um, the Beasties, they're on life support last week. And uh, the heart rate is flickering. They've uh, turned up Deluxe at Wallara Oval, absolutely put a clinic on the Woodies, 35-5. to five. Um, Didn't let go from the, from, from the outset. Uh, Fogarty had a real day out out wide, but the Beasties pack just laid a really good platform for Jack Grant. And um, I think Archie King's going really well at 10. It's great to see him back uh, in the Beasties first grade. sort of been in and out over the last few years. I've always thought he's been a fantastic player, um, pulling the strings really well. But um, they're not dead yet, Swaney, the Beasts. No, that's right. You know, they're doing it without Jack Bowen, without um, Teddy Wilson at the moment. Mm. Um, and they're just hanging in there, aren't they? It is mm-hmm. skin of your teeth stuff. Um, yep. But, yeah, like, you know, having uh, Jack Grant and Charlie Gamble back from the Tars, that's massive. Dan Donato had a, had a big afternoon. Donato's points. been everywhere, yeah. Yeah, he's yep. been really good. Uh, as you said, Fogarty with a double. Um I worry for the Woods at the moment. They've lost four of their last five. Like they're still sitting fourth on the table, so they've kind of done enough, but they're really not the form team in the competition. They're, they're wobbling at the moment. Now, Betty Batch will be pulling his hair out, Casho. I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, you know, they, look, they still look very strong on paper. Whether it's whether it's that surface at, uh, at Willara, or, you know, being being on top <laughs> of the ground and, and, and a fast surface, you know, whether that – 
didn't really suit some some of their heavier guys there. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just not too sure. But, you know, East, as you said, boys, did get out of the blocks really early. I tried to Donato after 39 seconds. I sort of noted down there watching mm-hmm. what, watching the game and they just kept on going from there. Tries after three minutes, 15 minutes. Rickson on the wing there uh, did, uh, did some nice stuff and then uh, nothing virtually until the 76th minute of, uh, of the second half. And uh, Fogarty picks up that intercept, and 35-5. It was uh, it was quite a uh, quite quite a win to have on uh, uh, Country Day. I think it was there at uh, at uh, Willara Oval. So uh, lots to celebrate afterwards. Well, they're only four points out of the eight. Their run home looks like this. They've got uh, the two Blues this weekend at the Eric. That'll be very tough. Um, they have got Gordon and at home. That'll be tough. Uh, Hunter at home also, and North. So it's not a real easy run, but they could win out and make the eight, couldn't they, Swaney? Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's um, you know, it's we we speak about it every week the the comp being so tight. I, I mean, with the quality of player that Easts have, yeah, I actually expect them to be there. So uh, do I. But they have to knock out quality teams in. You know the two blues, Hunter, Gordon. Like they're going to have to run those teams down. Yeah. So it's yeah. I, like I'm not game to make a call. I think I saw I saw your comment from you on social media <laughs> somewhere during the week, Burjo, that you just don't tip anymore, and um, I, I'm the same. I think. <laughs> I think well, I do. I, I, I say things on this podcast, but it changes every bloody week. I mean, I, I fancied Ramwick and Easter miss out last week. Now I fancy them to make it. So yeah. I don't know. It's um. <laughs> It's just uh, chopping and changing all the time. Anyway, we'll keep moving. Talking of more chopping and changing, Raddies at home um, have gone down to the Wicks. Ramwick 36, Ringer 19. Now, Ramwick looked really slick. Jackson Moe on the wing for uh, Ramwick was electric. Played on a fantastic try, uh, set up another one. Um, Ramwick uh, looked pretty good. Uh, they, they started really fast from a Wes Thomas overthrow and Scored uh, quickly, and from there they sort of just um, had the foot in the throat and kept Ramick, uh, Ringer at bay. Ringer did sort of rally late and brought it to within a you know a penalty goal, but um, Ramick pushed on with the win, uh, an impressive win uh, from the Wicks, and a bit of quality trickling back into that side. I saw Andrew Deegan run away uh, with a try there, Casho. So they're uh, calling on a few uh, X Factor players as as we head into the uh, final rounds. Yeah, listen, one of the uh, one of the uh, more interesting uh, things leading into the game was was the fact that uh, uh, Benny McCormick and his wife went over and stayed on Friday night at Mike Riven's place, the Ringer coach. No, they, is that uh, they, actually, they, they actually went out to dinner on Friday night. Football apparently was uh, was not discussed, but uh, anyway, mm. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sure Benny Mack was uh, was quietly chuffed after that. Uh, after that 36 to 19 win. Did he stay Saturday night as well or not wanted? Well, I, I, I have Caravan Park, I, maybe. I haven't heard since he, he, <laughs> he might have been asked to, uh, yeah, go on, uh, you know, deck himself out on the um, on, on, on the front veranda. But, uh, yeah, some, some there's some real Ramwick style about the way they're playing now. They're, uh, I agree. You know, they're, 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 they're running from in deep. They're, they're getting good, uh, good pay out of... Uh, different uh, guys there. I thought Dan O'Brien was probably the uh, the best player on the field. Jackson yep. Bowie uh, stood up one of the uh, ringer back rowers uh, oh. uh, quite alarmingly at uh, one stage for 
for his try. But uh, uh, Warringah managed to work their way back into it. But uh, Ramwick, as as they used to do in the in, in the good old days when they when they were uh, uh, being in six straight shoot shield uh, uh, grand finals, they uh, they just sort of pulled away. So uh, good yep. luck to them. And uh, as, as, as you said. Fifteen nil at the break, thirty six nineteen. It's uh, it's 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 a pretty good afternoon, particularly at Rat Park. Oh, it's a great afternoon at Rat Park. Rats will be really deflated with that one. It's certainly a fixture they would be wanting to to win there, Swaney. But I agree with Casha. Seeing some really nice uh, style out of the Ramwick uh, side at the moment. Yeah, it's not often you see a Ramwick game these days, and Christian Yasmin isn't on the score sheet. No, um, I know. But he he uh, continually puts in good performances. I mean, it was. You know, it was a bit of a uh, back-and-forth seesawing kind of a game, wasn't it? And, you know, yep. the Rats could have won it in that, you know, last 10. Mm. Um, but you're right, Deegan uh, coming back, you know, that's that's handy. Um, you know, uh, Tommy Sirhorn as well. And, um, yeah, look, I, I expect that Randwick now, that they're sitting sixth on the ladder, Um they will stay in that eight, I reckon. That's that's my call. Mm, I think um, given the potency they showed in the weekend, that could well be right. Um, well done to Ramwick there. We'll move on uh, to Foreshaw. Um, good game this. Uh, Uni in control, you know, for most of it. But South really rallied late. And um, I was reading somewhere on social media, if the game had gone any longer, South might have got on top. And I, I tend to agree. They showed a lot of fight in the dying stages there, Casha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they uh, they they were uh, well and truly beaten uh, early. I think uh, yep. I think Uni had raced away to twenty one nil after about twenty minutes, and uh, yep. seemed to probably go in, in, into a bit of cruise mode. But uh, uh, South through that young winger Maui Ulawaras, uh, you know, got his side on the board, and they managed to uh, get a bit of momentum there. So you know, I think uh, I think South are uh, probably a side that are. Are probably building towards next year at the, at this particular stage. So uh, uh, Otto Wendt and uh, Christian Kajiasius, uh, you know, is always a big contributor. So uh, you know, so Uni managed to um, to uh, close close it out in the end, twenty eight twenty two. Yeah, Uni just do what they do. Uh, very abrasive. McCalman uh, everywhere. Whiteley um, Robertson, obviously at halfback, controlling things, scored a try himself. Um, that was a lovely tidy finish from Wallace, the South's uh, uh, winger there, Swaney. You see his little chip in the in goal and, and regather. Oh, very, very tidy stuff. One of one of one of the tries of the year. I reckon. No, very impressive. Came, came off a little flick ball off the deck. Um, mm. I think it was Techie, and then yep. ball gets out wide. He puts it on the toe, grubbers it in, gets outside the field of play, but dives yep. Yep. into the field of play, puts the ball down. It was. Uh, it was an absolute beauty, but yeah, this was a uh, it was a bit of a crazy last few minutes of this game. I don't know if you guys saw the Uni were down to thirteen. Yeah, Uni were down to thirteen. Mitch Whiteley with another red card. I don't know what that means um, in terms of a uh, couple of reds. Yeah, so I don't know if you saw that, guys, but again, it didn't look to me like it just happened just off camera. Um, so it was sort of one of those things that. Um, well, his first red got scratched off, so he's yeah, right. Okay. Anyone. This might get scratched off too. Who knows? But yeah, it's... I mean, it was you know he was charging, trying to charge down a kick from Christian Kayasis and um, mm. um, mistimed it, and the ball gets kicked away by Kayasis, and he clatters into him. Um, I think the referee was saying that it was how Kayasis landed 
um, that warranted the red card for Mitch Whiteley, but you can't really tell. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But, um, uh, yeah, then there was two yellows at the end as well, and it was a bit of chaos. Mm. There were more cards in the casino. Um, and um, it was, yeah, it was a bit of chaotic. And the South could have very well won it. Took a pretty uh, spirited Sydney Uni side in the end to, to come away with the win. Yep, well done to the students there. Um, they've now got to the top of the ladder. Um, that part and because of the next match, and we'll have to uh, dissect this one now. It's no hiding. Uh, the Pirates have stunned the Marlins um, at St Luke's North, a uh, different venue given the wet weather we've had around Sydney. Um, well done to the Pirates. They've uh, taken out the uh, table-topping Marlins in an interesting game. Um, Manly... Side on paper, they they did choose to rotate. A um, couple of forced injuries, a couple of guys riding the pine. Um, I have to say, maybe in hindsight, it may have backfired. Obviously, given the result, most people say, "Well, it did backfire." Um, you know, West Harbour uh, had a real patch there of about three quick tries, some very flimsy defence from Manly, but. You know, I, I, when I saw the team sheets, I knew we had young halves, and you see they're coming up against Jack Debrusini, um and Cody Drury-Hawkins. You know, while the Pirates at the bottom of the comp, those guys have played a lot of first grade. If you're not experienced and coming up against those sort of guys, it can be a tough day. And um, historically, you guys probably don't know, but the Pirates have been a real bogey team for Manly for many years. Yes. They've really struggled going away there, uh, regardless of whether they're on the comp. You know, it's a typical... Beaches boys going out to uh, out west, and um, we don't particularly like it. And again, it showed in the weekend. So I was I was packing darkies with a few manly mates before the game, and during the match, they were texting me, and I, was, I told you, told you all. Anyway, um, well done to the Pirates, but uh, yeah, some concerning signs from Marlins' point of view. I think certainly um, the red card at the thirty third minute effectively killed the game a bit. Um, mm. It was a red. Um, it was harsh, given he the, the uh, young number nine there uh, didn't take his eyes off the ball. Um, but um, you know, it was clumsy. So what can you do? Um, and then you know, West West held on. So well deserved. And, and Swanee, you you guys spoke to uh, Jack Debrasini, and uh, I tell you what, he's really added something to this uh, West Harbour backline, hasn't he? You know, like he's a He's an experienced set of hands. He kicks well uh, out of hand. He kicks well uh, off off the tee, and you know it's just freed up the guys like uh, uh, you know their centres and uh, uh, Chris Ebeling and uh, you know yeah. some of their wingers to uh, to just to be able to uh, you know run it run it uh, run at gaps and uh, and run at arms to a certain extent, and they're big enough to make ground, and that's what they did against Manly. Exactly right. You, you said it, Burjo, when you when you spoke about the fact that you know Hawkins, Masters, um, you know Debrusini, yeah, uh, Cameron Orr was in the in the front row as well. Cameron Orr, particularly, he, he gave us murder at the scrum time, and the scrums are scrums are becoming an issue for the Marlins, and yeah, certainly exposed it on the weekend. So, but it was yeah. genuine first graders, like those guys yep. are experienced first graders against guys who probably haven't had the experience, and that that's what it came down to. And you know, talking to Jack. Debrasini on on Clubland this week. He, um, you know, he, he's only been there for just over a month. Um, yeah, but he can see that they've got the they've got the talent down there. Um, mm. 
you know, it just takes – it's just getting a bit of confidence, he reckons, I think, is probably what he was sort of getting at. So, um, yeah, um, I was I was texting a uh, another mate of mine during the week who's a former West Harbour player, and I, I did muse to him that, oh, I see that Manly got beaten by West Harbour again, to which he replied, they are our bunny. Uh, they are, yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure, they've got the uh, voodoo doll, the Marlin out there, mate. I, it's um, it's plagued us over the years. West certainly, or well, certainly Eastwood has in the finals, but that's the other one. Got yeah. a couple of voodoo doos down at the Village Green, but uh, that's there's certainly one of them. So I was, like I said, I was pretty apprehensive when I saw the team sheet. But yeah, I think um, Blake is uh, he's got to have his eye on the finals. I think the squad's pretty banged up, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so. It's a catch twenty two. Do you freshen up, drop a game? What does that do in comparison with having fit guys? I don't know. Hopefully they can just um, dust it off and get back on the horse this week. They've got Hunter at home, so that'll be another good test. But um, yeah, I think I think certainly at the moment, uh, Manly looking a little skinny, maybe from where they've been uh, over the course of the season so far. And a little bit of Langy Gleeson would be handy too. I'd say uh, Burjo, eh? Oh yeah, just a bit. Um, wouldn't mind seeing that uh, menacing red headgear back around the Manly pack for sure. And uh, wouldn't mind if his mate Lollikai Fiketti wanted to show up too. We wouldn't say no to that. Um, so we'll move on. Uh, final game of the round and a really big game in the scheme of the uh, finals race. Um, two sides that definitely um, looking to keep pace was the Wildfires and the Two Blues at Newcastle. Hunter um, took the. Uh, Took the ball in two hands and just ran away with this one. They were too good for the two blues. Uh, Hunter thirty-one, two blues twelve. Um, really, really dominant, I thought. And um, laying down a marker there, Castro. I think that they're not going away from this top eight race. It's it's a game I didn't see too much of, but the significance of it is is the fact that uh, Hunter of of uh, uh, won at home and uh, got themselves in in. in in, into the top eight, so uh, thirty-one yep. to twelve. It was uh, it was quite a, uh, a thorough performance against a, a very good two blues side. So uh, the uh, the wildfires sit on thirty-seven points, and the two blues thirty-five. And you've got these mm. uh, on uh, on on to like thirty-three. But uh, you know, wasn't too much uh, sparkling footy there from uh, from the wildfires. But uh, you know, they were. Uh, they are the most effective side when they when they get into the opposition twenty two, and that's the, the the way they played out most of the afternoon. Now, Swaney, have the Sale boys gone home? Well, yeah, I do note no Tom Curtis this week, so maybe mm. I was just a week early. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think I think they might have. Um, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, I mean, this is where uh, it's going to really test the uh, test the two blues now. Um, and you could tell yeah. that they were, you know, they were under a lot of pressure from that big pack. Um, the, the hunter, you know, Phil Bradford, another another hat trick for him. So you know, he's the Wasn't leading that? try scorer in the comp, sixteen tries, sixteen, sixteen wow. tries for Phil Bradford. So um, we got fifteen at least from the driving more, don't we? Yeah, oh, at least, at very least. Um, hey, uh, I think my brother's record could be in a bit of jeopardy there. Oh, there you go. There I think he was nine, he was nineteen and was the beneficiary of uh, plenty of rolling moors himself. Yeah, when the back when the seven used to slide them in, right? Yeah, no, that's correct. That's um, correct. 
so Con- yeah, Connor Winchester, another another solid performance from him, and um, yeah, the, I do. There was one sparkling moment of play around Winston Wilson. Have a look and see if you see his try for I did Hunter. See that. It was a beauty. Yeah. So absolute cracker. Yeah, um, Hunter looking the goods. You know, they're they're just a uh, they've just got that beast of a forward pack, and they they use it to full full benefit and advantage. Mm. Oh well. Interesting times, and you know, obviously the two blues will will need to bounce back this week to to keep pace, as everyone else will. We'll have a quick look at the um, the ladder. Uh, University now equal with the Marlins on top, but ahead on uh, points differential. Northern Suburbs third, Eastwood fourth, Ringer fifth, closely followed by Gordon and Ramick in sixth and seventh, and Hunter rounding out the top eight. Two blues, East, South, and West still remain in the hunt. Um, I've been looking at this table and obviously I feel like the table um, is maybe not telling us the full uh, way to where things are at. So I've done the power rankings this week where I think each team is is at, in my opinion. I'm going to say Uni are on top in the power rankings, followed by Gordon, then Northern Suburbs in third, Manly I would have in fourth, then I'd have Ramwick, Ringer, Eastwood, Hunter, East, Two Blues, South and West. Just in terms of form line and depth of talent available at present, I think Gordon are really looking sharp. I think Norse aren't aren't that far off them. Manly wobbling a little bit, but still got enough in the bank to maybe edge ahead of where Ramick are presently, but they're coming up hard. Um, Raddies and Woodies are probably on level pegging and, from there on, it's sort of pretty as per the table. But, um, yeah, different way to look at it, I, 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 I suspect. You guys got any observations around that, Casho? Yeah, listen, it's, that's quite interesting, actually. So, like, and if, if you look at points differential, yep. you know, it's Ringer there, minus 43, which yep. probably tends to suggest that their defence isn't where it probably needs to be at this particular point in the season. So, mm. Uni, uni on 140, Seven. 113. Yeah, see, look at Manly. Seven, and, um, mm. yeah, uh, Gordon ticking away there nicely on 32. And when you consider that the, the way they started their season and, and uh, probably two months ago they weren't uh, travelling all that well, that's a pretty good result for them. As, as you say, I think they're, um, you know, with uh, with a bit of a bullet on the, uh, on, the, on the way up the competition ladder, the old Highlanders. I think they are, mate. I think they're hitting form at the right time, a bit of a back end. They've got some tough games to come, but so does everyone. That's just the nature of this competition. Let's have a look at this weekend. Uh, that team, the Highlanders, Gordon, will be at home to Southern Districts. Ramwick taking on West Harbour. Sydney Uni and Ringer, great game. Um, Eastwood Norse, another really good one. Two Blues taking on East. Um, both sides desperate in that one because they're both sitting outside the eight. And Manly will be at home to the Wildfires, which will be tough indeed. Uh, looking forward to the uh, Marlins luncheon this Friday, gents. It's, uh, it's lunch season. These uh, Marlins this Friday, Rats next Friday, which I won't be going to, and then the Rugby News lunch after that. So it's just a, a match made in heaven. And somewhere in between, we're going to have our shoot shoot uh, shoot cast catch up. Yeah, no prawns. No prawns. No <laughs> well, prawns. you can have prawns as long as they're peel in the kitchen. <laughs> peel. <laughs> oh, we'll stay out of trouble. All right, uh, Casho, thanks for jumping on, mate. No worries. Great to and, be here. And thanks to you, Swaney. You're down uh, for the test match this weekend and go you Wallabies, eh? Yeah, looking forward to it. Should be a ripper weekend.
All right, awesome. Thanks, boys. We'll catch you next week. Thank you.